You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Our reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 to 13 from the Common English Bible. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, look, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, and he said, Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anybody about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. The disciples asked, Then why do the legal experts say that Elijah must come first? Jesus responded, Elijah does come first and will restore all things. In fact, I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they didn't know him. But they did to him what, whatever they wanted. In the same way, the human one is also going to suffer at their hands. Then, this, then the disciples realized he was telling them about John the Baptist. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you please join me in prayer? May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Amen. I remember the night I asked my grandmother if she was afraid of the dark because every night she would plug in her nightlight. Therefore, one night I was, as I was making sure that I plugged in her nightlight, I asked her, Grandmommy, are you afraid of the dark? She smiled and answered, No, I'm not afraid of the dark. Still smiling, she said, The light shines a path to the bathroom in the middle of the night. She went on to say, Don't worry. One day, you too will make sure that the nightlight shines a path to the bathroom. (laughs) How right she was. (laughs) 
Thank goodness for those shining lights. This morning, I invite you to think about shining lights. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, which is always the last Sunday before Lent. It is also the last Sunday of the church and season of Epiphany. Epiphany began on the Sunday when the Magi followed that shining star to find baby Jesus. It ends in the shining light filled with the vision of Jesus on the mountaintop. Jesus, the bright and morning star, shines on that mountaintop in the same way that that light from heaven shone above his cradle in Bethlehem at his birth. Epiphany began with the promise of a change of a child's life will bring to the world and ends with that freedom in Christ's death and resurrection will bring. The season begins, the season ends with light, a shining light of God's love, of God's love that is made real in Jesus Christ and his new way of living. Has anyone ever been mountain climbing? I know we have the Blue Ridge Mountains very close, but has anyone gone mountain climbing? On Transfiguration Sunday, every year, the Sunday before Lent, the church goes mountain climbing. We, like Peter, James, and John, we follow Jesus up the mountain. Matthew writes, when they reached the mountaintop, Jesus' appearance changed so that his face shined like the sun. His clothing became dazzling white. Matthew says that Jesus was transfigured before them. Transfigured, that word that Matthew uses, it comes from the Greek word metamorphos, which means to be changed into another form. Transfigure is not really a word that we use today. We, we, we might would use the word transform or alter or change. But on that mountaintop, Jesus was transfigured. He shined with the glory that caused Moses to shine on Mount Sinai when the holy law came from above. Jesus was transfigured, and he shined with the same glory that carried Elijah up into the sky and away from this earth. Jesus was transfigured, and he shined with the same glory that on his baptismal day, when his father's voice from above said, This is my son. The beloved in whom I am well pleased. This morning, we heard those same words in our scripture reading. Jesus was transformed before their eyes. However, there is an interesting question that theologians ask about this transfiguration. Theologians ask, who is it that is really being changed in this story? Jesus appears to be changed. However, some theologians believe Peter, James, and John, they are the ones who are really transfigured. Their eyes are now open. And they can see Jesus. They can see who he really is. His clothed in dazzling white, his face shining. They see the glory of Jesus. 
Before they thought they were following a remarkable teacher, however, on this mountaintop experience, they know their lives are being woven into God's plan for transformation, the transformation of the world. Jesus took his disciples up on that mountain, hoping for them to seek God's presence. They were on a quest, actively seeking God. Jesus leads them up the mountain. He knows on the mountaintop is where God lives and reigns. And Jesus wants to make sure that the disciples have a glimpse of him in glory. And it is in that moment of seeing the shining light, the shining light of Jesus on that mountain that transfigures Peter, John, and James. And Peter had an urge to stay on top of the mountaintop. And he said, it is good for us to be here. May I build three shrines for you. But Jesus interrupts him and says, no, no, get up. Let us go. Peter's interruption can be interpreted that Peter wanted to stay up on the mountain. Peter wanted to stay in God's glorious presence forever, content, removed away from all the stuff that's going down below. But yet God is calling us to go back down the mountain and Jesus with the get up is that reminder that informs us that God calls us to go down from that mountain, to go out into the world and to share that transformative light with others. We are called to share the love of God with all people. But how are we to share God's shining light as you know, or you might remember, that I just returned to Northern Virginia, and I have a, a lot of carpenters, and I had a lot of roofers that were working on my house as, I prepare, as I'm finalizing my transition back to Northern Virginia. And, 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 and I will share with you that um, I'm not a handyman at all. Uh, so not being a handyman, I was watching these carpenters. I'm watching the roofers as they're working on my house. So I learned by watching them. I learned that a beam of light is straight and it can measure, it can measure a stick of lumber. It can measure if it is crooked or straight when held against a beam of light. Anything that does not correspond to the light is crooked. Light, I learned, is the most common way to measure a straight piece of wood. We measure whether things are straight or crooked by the light. Surveyors use the light to measure distances and angles to see whether they go up, down, left, right, high, or low. Just as light measures, so does Jesus. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus is a measuring stick, a point of reference. 
We can use Jesus to measure all the mysteries of the world. We can use Jesus to measure all the mysteries of life and to ensure that we are journeying on the right straight path. Light not only reveals, but it measures, it energizes, it impacts life, it activates, it quickens. And when we think about light, light is meant to be seen. It is meant to shine, shine brightly. And as followers of Christ, we are to be energizers. Jesus calls us to let our lights shine in the same way that he let his light shine for us. Last weekend was the 66 Grammys, and they were telecast, and there were many great moments developed displaying music's music's greatest singers. However, what stood out to me was the documentary made 39 years ago about the Grammys. How many of you remember what was going on? I know you all aren't as old as I am. How many of you remember what was going on 39 years ago? Worldwide, 39 years ago, Africa was having a major, major famine. And because the world's greatest singers were all going to be together at the Grammys, producer Quincy Adams brought all the singers together with all of their mixed personalities, with all of their different musical talents, In one night, they produced a song written by Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson to raise money for Africa with the selling of that hit single, We Are the World. In one night, they came together, they recorded a song, they were able to provide food to a nation going through a major crisis. This is just an example of how musicians let their lights shine. These musicians use their gifts to assist a nation in crisis. This is an example for us of how we can let our lights shine for another. But the question is, how are you using your light to shine for others? Well, I'm excited for Central United Methodist Church. Because I know of two ways that this community is shining the light of Christ's glory. If you look at your bulletin or if you listen carefully to the prayer, man, you stole my thunder. (laughs) If you look at your bulletin or if you listen to your beautiful pastoral prayer, you know that on Easter, you'll be opening the doors to your sanctuary again. And what a beautiful way to invite the community to come and see and experience the love of God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. I know you all are excited. I'm excited for you that you are sharing your gifts with the community so that lives may be changed, lives may be transfigured by their worship, by your hospitality, by your friendship, by your devotion, your prayers, you're singing, you're preaching, and that love will show as people come through those doors and you welcome them. And along with that, 
affordable housing above the church, will, that affordable housing will provide a great need also for the community. What a great way to invite families to go mountain climbing and see and share the glory of our Lord. God through Christ calls us to the mountaintop and he is calling you all to energize his world today. God is calling you to transform those that are in darkness. Your Christian influence will be a shining light to those that are in darkness. Therefore, you will continue to live the words of the hymn, This Little Light of Mine, which says, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. For when you let your light shine for others, others will be able to feel the transforming grace of God's amazing love. May your light shine. May your lights continue to let everyone know that they are loved and that they are cared for and that God is here with them this day. So may God bless you as you have prepared lots of ministries for the people to go mountain climbing and be transformed by the shining light of Christ. Mrs. Michelle Obama has written a book. It's titled, The Light We Carry. And she says, one light feeds another. One strong family lends strength to more. One engaged community can ignite those around it. This is the power of the light we carry. And I believe she is spot on with that. Therefore, let us go out letting our light shine this day, this week, this month. So if there are people in darkness, they may come to know the shining light of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Central UMC, take that love down from the mountain and use it to bring it to share with our world. Will you please join me in prayer? Our Father, we ask that you will grant us the ability to walk in your light and to share your light. For you are the great light shining upon our darkened lives. Break through the darkness and teach us how to become the kind of person you intend us to be. Responding to the light like plants seeking the sun. Opening, unfolding, bearing fruit for your name's sake. We ask this in the name of the one who is the light of the world. Amen.